This is the 99X Technology Podcast. Tune in to RTN Tech Sessions every Thursday for practical approaches and solutions to all things tech. Hi guys, uh, I am Bishan, your host for the day. So welcome all you to the weekly podcast of 99X Technology. So uh, since we're focusing on this series about uh, Java technologies, uh, today we will be discussed uh, on a, a popular framework in Java community called Java Spring Boot. So guys, if you are interested on this Java area, uh, please follow us on any major platform since we are available on all these platforms now. Uh, so joining me to the session, uh, Vindya and Bimsar are here. Uh, so guys, shall we brief about yourself a bit? Uh, yeah, uh, hello everyone, uh, I'm uh, Vindya. I am working at 99X Technology as a senior tech lead. I've been uh, working in the uh, Java industry for almost eight years now. And um, right now I'm uh, working on a, a Spring Boot based project uh, that's related to supply chain management. So, yeah, yeah. Bimsar. Uh, so uh, I'm Bimsar and uh, I'm currently working in Nitronix uh, as a tech lead. And uh, my total working experience is like uh, six years uh, now. And uh, so far I've been working on mainly uh, warehouse management systems uh, and also currently current, uh, in my current project also I'm working in a uh, supply chain management related uh, project, a product. Uh, yeah, that's basically about it. Okay, great. Okay, so uh, uh, since we are all working on uh, 99X now for a good period of time, we all know like we have many spring uh, boot uh, projects going on now. Uh, so guys, uh, uh, why Spring Boot has become this much of a popular framework in community? Uh, well, uh, in uh, my opinion, uh, one of the uh, main reasons uh, for Spring Boot being a you know popular framework in the Java community is the uh, support it provides for the uh, rapid application development. Uh, mainly, uh, the uh, opinionated approach they provide for configuration uh, it assists the developers a lot uh, in bootstrapping a new project really quickly. And uh, I mean, uh, they are, I mean, they use these uh, Spring Boot uh, starter dependencies, uh, which is uh, really helpful uh, for uh, for configuration purposes. I mean, uh, for example, if they uh, they have this Spring Boot starter web, it uh, pulls up all the necessary dependencies like uh, Spring MVC, uh, Jackson, and then embedded Tomcat server, etc. And uh, therefore, I mean, uh, the user doesn't have to uh, worry about uh, uh, adding a uh, copy and pasting all these uh, you know dependencies and stuff. And there's also this uh, special starter project, uh, Spring Boot Starter Parent. It uh, manages all the versions, uh, which is com- what, what, what dependencies are compatible with the existing Spring version, etc. So it's uh, also really helpful. And also, the, it provides this auto configuration uh, facility. It uh, actually, I mean, uh, based on the uh, JAWS they find in the class path, it can uh, do some sort of configurations by itself. Uh, like I mean, if they find uh, like a database uh, jar like H two, it, it would uh, based on the configuration we provide, uh, it'll uh, you know create all the data source configurations, etc. And uh, also uh, to add into that, I mean uh, the Spring initializer is also really helpful. Uh, I mean by adding all these uh, dependencies, you can uh, quickly you know set up the project. And uh, yeah, that's basically the, other than that, I mean, uh, it uh, makes the deployments easier with these embedded servlet containers like, you know, Tomcat, Jetty, etc. Uh, so uh, just to add on that, uh, 
apart from those things uh, we have actually got uh, some other features like actuate endpoints which can be used to uh, monitor the health of uh, the application uh, and also uh, we have got uh, developer tools uh, which can be uh, useful in uh, debugging uh, as well as uh, in the development process uh, to enhance the productivity of the developers uh, so for example uh, the auto restart and live reload features that we have got in recent uh, versions of spring boot uh, are actually very much useful in uh, developing an application uh, so it's like basically it allows us to reflect the changes that we do in the code uh, in our application uh, or the ui on the fly so, so it should be really useful uh, and also uh, since like uh, the question was basically about uh, why this has become popular uh, but uh, some people may think like is it actually popular that popular in the community so just to give some idea like uh, in every year i guess uh, a company called JetBrains, which is actually one of the leading companies in the community, is doing a survey uh, about uh, the latest Java-related technologies. Uh, so, based on the recent uh, 2019 survey that they have done, I think, uh, as I remember, 56% of the uh, developers would go for Spring Boot if they want to go for a web-based uh, framework. So, uh, even though there are so many other frameworks which would do the same thing, but uh, I think uh, most of the developers would like to go to okay guys so uh, uh as we know uh, java has a big community and java was there from a really long time there there are a lot of java project which are actually uh, non spring based java projects so uh, if if someone wants to like migrate to the uh, so so called the spring boot uh, framework uh, what what are the challenges they might face uh, well, uh, actually, uh, I, I mean, uh, Spring Boot is ideal for developing a greenfield project. Uh, but uh, as you mentioned, uh, of course, I mean, uh, there are a lot of legacy Java applications uh, because it's, it's, it's being, um, it's a mature language. It's been there for a long time. And um, if you want to, uh, you know, migrate from uh, Spring MVC to Spring Boot, uh, then it's a little uh, easier. But uh, in case uh, you are having uh, you are having a non-spring application, as you mentioned, uh, uh, with an old Java version, then there are of challenges, especially uh, because uh, with the recent uh, Spring Boot version, Spring Boot uh, 2.1 that was released last year, I mean uh, they uh, provide uh, their minimum Java version. Their support for is Java 8. So, I mean, if your um, application is developed in Java version that is prior to Java 8, then uh, maybe uh, before uh, migrating into Spring Boot, uh, you might want to, you know, upgrade your Java version because uh, even in future, they are not planning to uh, support the uh, uh, Spring Boot, uh, the older versions to Java 8. So, uh, so you first have to uh, upgrade your Java version? To, to Java 8, 8 and yeah. uh, then uh, move into your application to Spring Boot. And uh, also, in addition to that, uh, you might uh, have to do, I mean, a lot of uh, network configuration changes and, you know, user permission changes because, I mean, if you already have a Java application, that means uh, you have already done all the deployment, uh, you know, script changes and all the configurations, etc. So you might uh, have to, uh, uh, there might be a lot of cost involved in that and time. So it's kind of a trade off. I mean, it's your decision. I mean, uh, it's a, it's a, it's I mean whether you want the maintainability uh, in the future, 
uh, or the uh, initial cost. So it's it's kind of something you should think about. So uh, uh, so for beginner, uh, uh, there can be a lot of uh, uh, confusions between uh, what is Spring uh, Spring Boot and what what are what are all other Spring related uh, frameworks that are there. So Spring uh, was there from a long time of period, and now the uh, Spring Boot is also there. So, so uh, people might be confused with this. So what what actually how how Spring Boot differs from Spring? Yes, uh, that's actually a really good question because uh, I have seen like uh, when we deal with, uh, especially with the uh, beginners, uh, so they there are few misconceptions about Spring Boot, especially as you said, uh, how Spring Boot actually differs from Spring. So that's one of the major uh, confusion that is having among them. So uh, basically, there, there is a clear separation between those two frameworks. Uh, Spring was earlier developed to address uh, problems like uh, dependency injection, IOC, or inversion of control, that sort of problems uh, which we had in EJBs. So, uh, because earlier in J2 uh, we were using these EJBs with uh, application servers. So, what they wanted was like to get away from serve, uh, sorry application servers and uh, deploy the same kind of a setup in a Tomcat like environment or a servlet container. So that's why they actually came up with such framework. So, uh, uh, but Spring Boot is not actually an alternative uh, for Spring. Uh, still, uh, it's kind of a wrapper uh, which will enhance the productivity of uh, the development process and uh, it will allow you to, it will enable uh, developing an application uh, in a very uh, quick uh, way. So uh, that's basically the basic uh, separation. That's why we have all these features to uh, improve the uh, efficiency of the developer uh, to enable uh, de delivering a quick uh, deliverable. So that's basically the clear. That's basically the um, uh, how do you call it? difference? Main main difference between uh, Spring and Spring Boot. Uh, and apart from that, uh, I have say I have heard like. Uh, uh, there is another mis misconception like uh, Spring Boot is mainly focused for web applications, but uh, that's actually not true because uh, Spring Boot, uh, even though it's enabling us to uh, do a quick deliverable uh, on a Spring-based application, it's not actually for Spring web applications. It's not only for web applications. So you can even develop a standalone uh, application, maybe a batch, batch processing application, uh, using Spring Boot and uh, you can get all the other features apart from the embedded Tomcat or the embedded servlet container into your application and gain a uh, what we call a, uh, advantage of uh, doing it in a quick way. So that's that. Those are the main things I can say. Like uh, in the community, those are the main things that uh, I can say as a, as misconceptions. Yeah. So uh, since you mentioned Spring Boot is uh, not an alternative for uh, Spring, so then what are the alternatives for Spring Boot? Yeah, uh, so in my experience, uh, honestly, I have not used any other uh, alternatives for Spring Boot. And I don't think uh, even now uh, there is a, a complete uh, uh, framework to uh, totally replace Spring Boot but uh, I have seen in uh, uh, web like uh, there are some uh, frameworks like uh, 
uh, Java Lean and uh, Spark uh, and also recently I got to know about uh, Micronaut uh, so those frameworks can be used to uh, replace some of the features that we see in Spring Boot uh, so just to give some idea about those frameworks so Java Lean and Spark those are like lightweight uh, frameworks um, because uh, uh, actually when we use Spring Boot it actually uh, uh, builds a package and we call it as a fat jar because it uh, embeds all the libs that it wants so uh, just to get away from that uh, heavy jars the people has people have come up with uh, these kind of lightweight frameworks to enable uh, uh, building rest apis or rest endpoints in a very quick time so uh, these frameworks are java lean and spark basically focus that and uh, micronaut uh, it's actually some sort of a, a framework which which is much uh, similar to Spring Boot, and uh, it's it's a um, as I said it's a, a full stack framework, and uh, when we compare it with the other lightweight frameworks, this is actually a heavyweight framework. So it uh, it uh, wraps all the components that it needs to uh, set up a complete application. And uh, it comes up with all the features like IOC and uh, dependency injection, everything, uh, auto wiring, auto configuration, everything. And uh, apart from that, uh, comparing to Spring Boot, uh, what I have heard is like it's actually uh, better to use in a uh, cloud environment because, uh, especially in a serverless application. So, um, since serverless is some sort of a hot topic these days, people are actually looking to this thing because uh, in a serverless application, the uh, one of the major concerns is like uh, having cold startups. So, uh, if the uh, server is idle, then it actually sleeps for for, for some time. Uh, and uh, if we deploy a Spring Boot based serverless application, it might take some time to uh, start up the server again as it uh, gets and get get some requests. So. Uh, that is one of the major problems that people have seen in serverless environment and uh, uh, Micronaut-like uh, frameworks will actually resolve that sort of problems but uh, still uh, there are some other better parts of Spring Boot compared to these frameworks like caching because um, uh, even though uh, the star, even though Micronaut is better in some parts uh, in features like uh, caching Spring Boot has given better support because it actually supports for different vendors so like uh, EHCache, Jcache, uh, Redis and all uh, but uh, as I remember these Micronaut is supporting only for Redis and one of the other vendors which is not support which is uh, already supported in Spring Boot as well so uh, that's mainly about uh, the alternatives that I see I have seen so far uh, so my main uh, idea is like uh, so far there is no such frame i mean like anyway we can't say like some framework can totally replace another framework because there is no point in developing such because there may be pros and cons on using uh, any framework so uh, i think uh, i think i answered your question yeah so it's like no one-to-one -one direct uh, replace alternative yes for spring. Yeah. yeah great okay so bimsra uh, Imagine uh, if, if one of our listeners uh, or a beginner, actual beginner who just want to uh, get to know about Spring Boot and uh, create some applications with it. Uh, so uh, what what uh, should be the start starting point for those people? So is there any specific advices uh, you can give for these guys? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, 
because uh, uh, I have seen uh, like a uh, lot of beginners actually tend to uh, straight away get into Spring Boot uh, because there are a lot of uh, resources that you can refer in the internet uh, for start uh, with Spring Boot but uh, my main advice is like uh, without straight away uh, getting into that uh, it's better if you can spend some time on actually understanding what is Spring uh, and then move on to Spring Boot because uh, whatever happens uh, magically in Spring Boot um, is actually something that we have uh, seen in Spring. So, uh, for for instance, there may be auto configurations uh, which will uh, actually uh, scan the class path and find beam classes. So that's just one example. But uh, if we have done a Spring normal application, we might have to do that by enabling the component scan. So uh, that's that's one classic example because uh, sometimes uh, people get confused when they can't troubleshoot things uh, just because they don't know what's happening underneath so uh, my main advice is like uh, uh, you if you have time the best option is to first do a simple spring application from the scratch and then understand what are the basic concepts like auto wiring uh, construct injections, etc. injections, what's happening there, what are the things that we can do there, how the configuration is done there and then uh, move into uh, Spring Boot then you will realize wow it's actually magically doing it but then if any problem happens you have the knowledge to go and troubleshoot it so that's the main advice that I, I can give yeah uh, so uh, thank, thanks uh, Bimzara and Vindya for sharing your knowledge I know you guys are really busy with the releases and all those uh, meetings and stuff so uh, for, uh, thanks a lot for joining me to the session uh, from such a uh, short notice uh, so guys uh, just follow us through uh, any major platform uh, since we are available on all those things now uh, thanks a lot see you guys with our next uh, podcast